Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I suppose the biggest thing I've learned is that um, property investment is not a lot to do with property. It's, it's very little to do with property. It's about how you work, how you work your numbers, how you work your finance. This is Property Investory, where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shump and in this episode, we speak with Jeremy Allen, a long-time property investor with his own consultant company eager to share his investment experiences for the benefit of others. After losing all the profits he had made over three years in investment deal gone wrong, Alan shares the lesson he has learned in his beginnings in the industry. Building on his own experience as a property investor, Alan makes sure to cater his individual clients' needs when helping them to make profitable investment deals. I have a company called uh, Equity Creators. We, um, we basically we, we, we make money for people in property and uh, we do that through various, various methods. We don't have one particular strategy. It all depends on uh, what the client uh, can, uh, can do at the time and where they, where they want to end up with their, with their investing career. We see people that want to want a, want a quick fix. Um, they want to make a quick buck for the next couple of years, or they want to set up a retirement fund. It depends on, on really what they what they want to do. We get all sorts of um, all sorts of requests, as you can imagine. Um, and uh, we we basically because we don't we don't actually have any property that we sell per se. We um, we look at the, as I said, look at the client situation, and depending on what they want to do, what they want to get out of the out of the property transaction, we we go and find. And put together the uh, the deal, the project to suit um, suit their outcome. On any given day, Alan spends his time talking to agents and researching for each of his clients. We're um, talking to uh, talking to agents and uh, looking for sites across the country where we can um, uh, we can add value to them in one way, shape, or form. It can be it can be a house, it can be a block of land. Um, we've got a uh, we're going running numbers constantly. Running formulas and and um, and trying to try to uh, see what we could extract out of a out of a property in the in the way of um, cash flow or the way or in the way of profit um, and then weighing that up against the clients uh, and seeing if that helps them um, go into a better a better situation next year or the year after or, or five years time. He never imagined that property investment would become his main income stream, having simply started in the sales and real estate industry. So I was born in, um, in Fremantle, WA, and uh, I um, went to, well, through, through my life, went to eight different schools, but 
I, um, I was in Fremantle till I was uh, 13, moved to Sydney, uh, finished my schooling over there, um, and then did a brief stint back in WA for a couple of years. Um, and then uh, my mother passed away. And then when she passed away, I moved uh, back to Sydney. Uh, my dad had started a new company. Um, he had uh, just sold, he was an insurance broker, sold out of his old, old uh, insurance brokerage firm. And uh, he started a new company in Sydney in New South Wales. And uh, I moved over to, to work with him. Till about the age of, uh, let's see, 24, 24, 25. And then I, um, I uh, was, was in sales ever since, I was ever in sales ever since I was about 16 years old, selling events for um, hotels and pubs and cafes and things like that. So I um, went into uh, real estate after working with my dad for a short stint, realising that working for your old man and um, both being quite uh, big-headed about where, where, to, where to take the business. Um, decided it was best just to just to leave, and um, I then went into real estate and uh, general real estate. Went, went worked for a Ray White agency in French's Forest. In real estate, Alan learned valuable sales and communication skills. I um, just jumped in, and um, I Ray White had a um, uh, interesting induction period, I, I suppose you call it. We they had a um, external company that uh, trained new agents and gave them a gave them a head start. And I'll never forget. You know, I was. Um, Pretty much uh, back then, it was um, you know RP data and, and there was no um, there was no uh, um, uh, like phone number, all the phone numbers you could you could get on RP data at the time. So I was given a um, given a territory, given a phone um, and a computer with RP data on it. And said right, go get some listings. <laughs> that was my was my introduction to real estate. <laughs> so <laughs> was really throwing you into the deep end. There was yeah. no turning back. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, when I should say when I worked for my dad, it was cold calling, and uh, he got back then when I was working for my dad, there was there was hardly an internet around. It was yellow pages back then, and um, my introduction to his company was pages. Um, go get some business. My advice is start from Z, work backwards, because everyone starts from A and works forwards. Alan was first introduced to property investment via an ex-colleague, where he received the opportunity to work on the IT systems and within the sales department for a consultant company. I had employed a telemarketer to come work, work with me. And um, she, uh, she was a, a property manager from, from, from years back and uh, she was doing my cold call for me. And what um, she wanted to get back into property management, so she left and went and worked for, a, um, went and worked for this, uh, another company. Was, I didn't know the company at the time. Was, it turned out to be positive real estate in the end. Um, but uh, she went and worked with them. She gave me a call um, one day and said, "Look, uh, these guys are looking for a um, looking for someone to come in and and uh, and um, uh, work with the sales team and, and work with the uh, other office up in Queensland. They're just sort of getting up and going. And uh, I was good at putting, putting together systems. I, on the side of my real estate business, I, I was had a, um, a voice over IP business as well. I was still installing phone systems into real estate agencies. So I kind of had the so um, I kind of had this going on at the same time, um, and uh, I I had actually at that time I, w- I was I was actually considering going to IT service at the time, and um, so I went and met with uh, went and met the owner of, of the of Positive at the time, so Sam Staggers, who was his name, and um, he uh, told me all about this this this. Property investment industry. I mean, the numbers that were happening. I was, I was, I didn't actually believe him at first, and uh, I thought, no, this, this, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm probably awake enough to know that this guy is not, you know, not exactly 
uh, telling me the whole truth. When 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 left that left that meeting, and about four weeks later, um, my telemarketer, well, the girl who was, who was the telemarketer, gave me a call again, Jody. She um she, she said, look, these guys really want someone come in and have another chat. These guys are for real. So I went and had another chat. Um, and what they were offering at the time, my he said, look, we just need for someone for three months. Um, just to sort out some systems um, with a sales team and that sort of thing. So what they offered me at the time, during that three months, I could um, leave real estate and, and start my IT business. So I thought, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll jump on board. So went on board with them, and I think within two weeks of me pulling that company apart and going through it bit by bit, I was quite, I was like amazed at, at what, what was happening with the, with the number of properties and how, how easily people were buying property. And that was really my... That was my first, my first um, awareness of, of property investment in the industry. So, I, of course, I was uh, like a, a like a deer in the headlights. So I, I, I went back to Sam uh, two weeks and said, "Look, um, like I, w- I want to stay here for good. <laughs> this, is, this is amazing. I, I, I want I want in on this." He said, well, "That's great. Cause we don't we don't have a clue what you've done. So we need someone to to uh, keep running it." His experience at the consultant company would form the basis of all his knowledge on property investment today. From there, I uh, I spent the next four years with um, with Positive Real Estate in various roles, and um, I that really was my those first couple of years were my training ground. Um, everything you know, what I do today, and and the concepts I take into my my um, property investing or, or strategies today. Have all come from what Sam has taught me over, the, over those years, and um, he taught me. He taught me about negotiating. Taught me about um, oh everything we use today. So, and um, so then uh, from positive real estate, I went um, and worked with a couple of other companies. Um, as my um, the family situation um, was starting to get a bit full on, and I needed some more time at home, so I um, I went and worked for a couple of companies and. Uh, one day, I'd always, I'd always been doing, I suppose, where this segued into what I'm doing now. I was never, I was never doing add value type property. I was never doing um, subdivisions or the type of things that we're doing now. I was doing, I was doing off the plan type, um, like selling, selling current stock or selling off plan units or house and land packages, that type of thing, brand new. And um, I hadn't really gone into um, uh, the subdivision or the add value type type property investing before. Alan's first time using a strategy like subdivision on an investment property was assisted by an expert conveyancer who showed him the benefits of subdivision. I bought a property, I remember buying a property in a place called uh, Wind, uh, Hoppers Crossing, sorry, Hoppers Crossing in Victoria and it was um, near a, a new estate that was being built there called Tarnit. Um, it was just up and coming at the time. I bought a property there for $165,000, I remember. And I bought it purely for the purely for the reason that it was near um, an up and coming area and I was going to capitalise on the growth. <clears throat> and uh, anyway, I bought, bought this property, well, two contracts to my conveyancer at the time. The conveyancer, I wish I could remember his name for the life of me because um, um, I'll tell you what happened he he um he took this contract he said oh jeremy i think you might be able to subdivide this property i said what does that what does that mean he said well well this is what you do you, know, you do this this is this and uh and um you know, hopefully you make some money i said okay well how do i work that out he said we'll talk to the agent and find out how much each of the bits of property would be worth afterwards and go from there I said, okay sure 
he said, look, it's going to cost you around 30 grand to do, um, and I can do it for you. So, um, surveillance, I'm sorry. Uh, um, he said, if it costs about 30 grand to do, um, go work it out. So, okay. So I was pretty good numbers. Math was my strong point at school. Um, went and, uh, and hunted down the agent, worked out how much the bits of property were going to be worth afterwards. And on paper, on paper, I was looking like making 80, about 80 grand. And I thought, oh, well, just fine. We'll give this a go. It's only cost thirty grand. We'll give it a go and see what happens. So, between between him, uh, there was a guy at council, and um, and the surveyor that he pointed me pointed me to. Between the three of them, I'm sure to this day, I've never had that experience again. But they pretty much did the whole thing for me. After watching the success of his first subdivision project. Alan realised how gaining profits in property investment is comparable to winning the lottery. I'm sure they just used me as like a, I don't know, they're having some fun with me. But, um, <laughs> okay. they, but they, they were sort of, they took me out of their wing kind of thing and just went, okay, this is, what, this is what's going on. But in about 10 months' time, I had made what uh, most people I'd seen come through the um, off-the-plan system, like people that go and buy off-the-plan apartments. Within 10 months, I'd, I'd done... More, I'd made 100% of my cash back, <clears throat> then some, um, in that ten, in that 10 month period. People could people were tr- struggling to do that in two years. So I'd been around enough, and I'd been on you know we'd, we'd done been on stage and and done seminars and that type of thing with positive. And um, I'd never, I we were the we're the, the always the, it was always the the uh, strategy was buy a property a year in growth suburbs. Capital growth, da da da. After ten years, you'll have enough cash. You very invest that. You live on whatever it was you want to. Uh, you live on for the rest of your life. Although it was happening, it was it was a struggle to make it happen. Struggle to pick those areas because it's kind of like I see I see that type of investing as like um, trying to win lottery kind of thing. You know, like you got to pick the best areas. You know, there's research that goes into it, but I I find that you're kind of out of control. So with this with this um, sort of new development, I I. I'd done, it was only a one in two lot subdivision. I'd done that in 10 months and I could see it happening and I was actually able to calculate it. So that gave me an idea and I went, okay, fine, I'll do this again. So I did it again, uh, made some more, did it again, made some more. Um, and by that stage, I was kind of in my early 30s and uh, I had not had, a, not had a loss in property. So, of course, I thought I was 10 foot tall and bulletproof. So... So I could do this, do this anywhere. The following year taught me a m- massive lesson. Taught me a massive lesson. I lost all the equity I'd made in those first three and a half years. I'd lost all that in one year, <clears throat> one year, and um, and that then um, taught me a very big lesson in uh, in following your process. Coming up after the break, we'll delve further into Alan's property investment journey as he shares his worst investment moment. To be a year and two months to get rid of that property, and um, I had lost around about about four hundred seventy thousand dollars, right in that twelve month period. The lessons learned from his mistakes. I went through every number on that property, every number I could think of, and I had these for it, formulas down, put them in Excel. I I just made sure that I was not. My main thing was I just did, want, did not want to lose a cent for this woman. His biggest aha moment so far on his property journey. An aha moment would have been when I 
biggest aha moment I had was, was when I finally stepped out of my own and went, right, I'm going to do this and I started my own business. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Invest Story. Are you looking at buying or investing in property? Don't panic. Property is still a great investment. Is it now the time to buy, sell or hold? Find out from Australia's leading industry experts on how to take advantage of today's market. You'll learn the secrets to renovating for profit or gain the knowledge, skills and motivation to invest at the first home buyers masterclass plus much, much more. Whether you're a new or experienced investor, you can't miss the Sydney Property Buy Expo on the 7th, 8th and 9th of September. Use the promo code PI for a three-day free pass valued at $50. For tickets and more information, visit propertybuyexpo.com.au. Now back to the show. Currently, Alan has a set of rules he must follow when choosing a property to invest in. The rules were made after his biggest investment blunder to date. I've got about five major rules that I, I take into any 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 deal I do, right? Any deal I do, it's got to have, it's got to be able to return my cash within twelve months and the asset and ma- me maintain the asset as well. So, so what I mean by that is, whatever deal we go into, whatever cash is put into the deal, um, I don't look at what's leveraged so much. I don't look at what's borrowed. I look at what's cash. And if I can, if I can go into a deal, have it have it produce cash flow. Be able to pull out after pulling out my cash, so pulling the equity out of the deal afterwards, replacing the cash I'd spent, and then the asset maintaining itself still. That's kind of rule number one, right? And then rule number two is um, to do the market. If if the market does does um, if the market does take a turn, I like to keep a minimum two, three. Three is probably safe. Three, three assets in a particular market. That way, if the market does take a turn, I could sell one down, two down, and then maintain my place in the market still. It doesn't need to be within um, 15, 20 k's of CBD, but there needs to be. If it's not going, if it's going to be country town, it's got to be. It's going to be some some of the major economic turn happening in there, like a Bunnings. I don't want to say major economic for country town. Bunnings going or McDonald's going or something like that. His worst investment moment occurred when he grew overconfident in his money-making skills. Now, those three things I did not even look at, right? When I went and bought this property, I got. I remember. I remember. I remember having a contract in front of me one night from a computer. I had a couple of a couple of beers and uh, just signed off on it. Went for it. I thought, oh well, look, you know, it, it can't. It's 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 hard to explain, but I I hadn't experienced a failure in in in, in property investment before, so. I didn't know what it felt like, and I wasn't really worried about it at the time because I just you know, couldn't touch me. If I was well, my hand I was making money. The other thing, the other thing is, if the market, so the other thing is the market. If the market does take a turn, you bail out straight away. So when you go and liquidate assets, don't think about it, just do it right. And and when you're going to do it, drop the price, drop the price below market just to get rid of it. Alan's biggest mistake was forgetting to calculate the exact development costs before buying the property. What happened from here on was I ended up, um, I, the cash I had set aside, I hadn't done my numbers up front. 
sorry, there's another rule like I always say. We always need we need to know to the cent what the whole development's going to cost before we even go unconditional on the property. So I need to know I need a fixed price, a fixed price quotes off everybody, and everything's fixed price before I've even bought the property, right? So I need to know all that, and that, and us do the numbers still makes sense. I hadn't done that, right? So the, the cash I had set aside, I thought, oh yeah, that'll be enough. Hadn't gone and got my quote. This is a third. This is the fourth one I've done in Victoria. So I thought, oh yeah, I'll just, I, I, know, I know, kind of know the going rate over there. And what turned out to what I thought was going to be eighty thousand dollars ended up being one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So I had to take a personal loan of seventy thousand dollars to make up the make up the rest. Um, there was no way this thing was going to return one hundred fifty thousand dollars. So anyway, by the time I'd finished developing the land, um, the agent I remember the agent actually called me to Jeremy. Look, he, he must be quite concerned because he he actually phoned me and said, um, "Mate." You're not going to make money out of this, and I was like, oh, "Shit!" So, so um, he said, "Look, what what I reckon do is just just stop there, hang on, just rent this thing out for a while, rent the because it was an existing house, and rent it out for a while, um, and uh, we'll go from there." I said, "No, no, no, let's put it on the market, let's just get rid of it." I was starting to worry then. Adding to the disaster, Alan failed to sell the property off as quick as possible and ended up losing more money. He went to market. Um, he said, he said he gave me a price. I can't exactly remember exactly what the price was at the time. He gave me a price that the thing would sell for. And instead of going below that price, I went above it. Three months after that, the market had gone, dropped further. And I dropped my price again, but still above market price. Again, next three months, went down again, down again, down. This happened another three times, right? And I still, it didn't occur to me what my rules were before all this. It's like, just dump it. And because if I had dumped it, if I had dropped the price below market price when he first said to me for the market, I would have been out of there within three months. And the next, it took me um, it took me a year and two months to get rid of that property. And um, I had lost around about, about $470,000, right, in that 12-month period. He claims that it was not so much the money that made his experience his worst investing moment but the dent it made in his confidence. It wasn't the money so much. It was the dent it made in my confidence. And, um, and that's, that affects everything. So it's what, I mean, the money, money you can make back. It's, it's, it's not hard to make it back. But the, the, the thing is, the, you gotta have to, but to make it back, you've got to have the mindset. And I was beaten at the time. It was a tough couple of years, a few years, I should say. I went and worked for people. I was just trying to, yeah, it was, it was, it was a tough, tough couple of years. After such an experience, Alan vowed to never repeat his mistakes for his clients when he started his own consultant company. When I started my business, because of that, that time of life, I, um, I hadn't actually done anything for anyone else before. It was all for myself. I remember my first client back then uh, came to me and uh, was came, came to me through a friend who knew I was doing what I was doing um, and uh, had a little more faith in me than what I did at the time. And um, she referred me over to one of her friends and... Um, they, I, I always remember. I thought, well, like she, it was, it was. She had um, at the time she had eighty thousand dollars in equity, and um, I thought, okay, she goes, look, I really want to do something with it. It wasn't, it wasn't really hard sell as such. It was more like I'm doing her a favour, and I hadn't, I wasn't, I didn't charge her anything for it. I was just, okay, fine, I'll, I'll, I'll use this to kind of um, get myself back in the game. So, took my time. I never forget it. It, it took me. It took me around three weeks to find to to find something that I was confident enough to put somebody into, and I 
I had I I went through every number on that property, every number I could think of, and I had these formulas down, put them in Excel. I I just made sure that I was not my main thing was I just did, want, did not want to lose a cent for this woman, not want to lose a cent. It was everything she had left, um, and uh, I, I I wasn't going to lose a, a dollar for her. And uh, anyway, it took the time, went through it step by step. And re, you know, re, re, retraced my steps that I, I did when I was making money. Um, and when you when you focus on things like that, when you say an aha moment, right? I I have them every year. Every year I learn something about the the relationship between finance and property and and cash flow and cash, like all these sorts of um, all these sorts of KPIs that we we. We look at when we're going through um, property investment. Every year, I learn something. Alan believes that his biggest aha moment was starting his own company. An aha moment would have been when I the biggest aha moment I had was when I finally stepped out of my own, went right, I'm going to do this, and I started my own business and relied on fees to keep myself alive. That was probably my realizing I could do it, and that was the aha moment. Probably came from that. It's not so much from the property. The the every when you focus on something like that, when you really drill down and work out, when you really drill down to the numbers, every cent that goes in, every cent that comes out, and why it goes in and why it comes out, you find an amazing number of relationships between what you spend. Or I get it. What if you give me an average yield of a of a market in right now anywhere in Australia? I can tell you how much cash you need to put into a property, how much that'll return in rent, how much profit you'll make, and what the debt will be worth afterwards. Now I just know that because there's a relationship between all those numbers, and um, and it, it, it can it can be followed. While I don't completely rely on the formulas, they're a great guide. I suppose the the biggest thing I've learnt is that um, property investment is not a lot to do with property. It's it's very little to do with property. It's about how you work. How you work your numbers, how you work your finance. So, inspired by Jeremy Allen's story, we'll keep the conversation going in a future episode where he shares some of the best advice he's received. I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that people make is setting too many goals and too many targets in one, one hit. It's amazing what you'll, what you'll find if you want to set some personal goals. One of the habits most contributing to his success. So, each day I'm sort of I'm bringing myself. I'm refocusing on the on the day and what I need to do now. His future goals. I want to create coaching centres where we we, te- we train train people who vanished or haven't had the um, luxury of having a good uh, childhood. And that's next time in a future episode on Property Invest Story. Also, are you looking at buying property in 2018? Would you like expert tips and advice on the best ways you can purchase property? Whether you're a new or experienced investor. Learn from the experts by downloading the Property Investment Buying Handbook. It contains the best tips and advice from 37 of Australia's leading property experts. Simply visit propertyinveststory.com and subscribe to get your copy right now. Thanks for listening.